1: Into our house, enter thou not. Through our fence, break through thou not. We are protected, though we may be frightened. Our life you may not steal, though we may be scared to death. Welcome to Scared to Death, Creeps, Peepers, Roberts, and Annabelle's. I'm Dan. This is Lindsay. It is. It is. Hey,
0: thanks for remembering my name.
1: And happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Uh, Next week's episode, if you live in the Pacific time zone at least, uh, will technically come out on Halloween by a few minutes. But since this is the one leading up to Halloween, this feels like the Halloween episode. I like it. So we have made it bigger than a normal episode because of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. If you love the show, want to do something for free to help keep it going, please rate and review. Give us five stars, thumbs up, whatever's good on whatever platform you listen on. It is much appreciated. Thank uh, all the people who've been doing that lately. You help us find new listeners and it keeps this, uh, yeah, it keeps this show going forward, which we love. And big thanks to all of you who joined us for our recent live show. So fun. My, My favorite of the true tales of Hallow's Eve horror so far. It was a really good one. It was so fun. I love her costumes. It was fun to be these creepy clowns.
0: Stan's deranged clown makeup was melting off his face by, I don't know, halfway through.
1: But it never got in my eyes. And Bad would, enough to blur him.
0: Which was amazing because when he would close his like not even close his eyes, but when he would look down to read, yeah, the, the way that the makeup stained your eyelids, somebody sent me a photo of it. It looked like you had eyeballs on your eyelid. Oh my God. It was so nauseating. Yes. Good job.
1: Uh, uh, if you haven't seen it, you still have a few days to watch. It'll be available um, for rewatch through November 1st, noon Pacific time at moment.co. And if it's not on the homepage when you go there, if you want to see it, you can just in the in the search bar put in scared to death and it comes right up.
0: You can also go to Bad Magic Merch and get it there.
1: And I think it'll you ha- link you over. Oh, that's right. Yep, exactly. Duh.
0: And you can get your limited edition merch that goes yes. with the show. So there you have it.
1: And I think you have a quick Patreon donation announcement and then we're off and running.
0: And then we're off and running. Uh this month we donated Collectively, all of you donated $13,340 to A Night of Hope and Laughter. It was a cancer benefit show. Um, And just by chance, it was supporting an old friend that uh, Dan knows, Nick Tyson, Mm -hmm. uh, a guy who... Uh, was at your first open mic, like yeah. gave you your start in comedy. So incredible. Uh, and it felt good to be able to support this amazing cancer benefit. Another $1,485 was put into the scholarship fund for 2024. And stay tuned on that. We'll be talking more about the applications uh, being open again mm-hmm. next year. So just hang tight. In 2023, we gave. And,
1: yeah, and do we ever hear the back from the 2023 recipients about yes. like announcing them? Yep. Oh, okay. When are we doing that?
0: Uh, we don't need to announce them. We've already talked to them via email.
1: Oh, I didn't know if they wanted to be announced on the show.
0: I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. Putting me on the spot. Uh, I don't know. So anyways, yeah. uh, last year we gave three $5,000 scholarships. And because of your generous donations this year, it looks like we're going to be able to do four $5,000 scholarships. So awesome. it's exciting to like build that out a little bit yeah. every year to get it to uh, to be able to
1: help more people. So good job, guys. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And now, what October fan horror do you have for us? I like that
0: you just thank the fans, and I was like, yeah, no, you're welcome. That wasn't a thank you for me. Uh, I have three stories this week. Uh, My first story is about how to trap, potentially, an aggressive spirit, uh, which we haven't really talked about collecting them. Mm -hmm. And then my second story, I really love, uh, the man in the closet of my mind. Like, is it there, or is it just all in your head? which I really love that playing with that space. Yeah. And then my third story is about helping a spirit move on to the next life.
1: Cool. I like all of these.
0: Dan's writing notes on his hands. Mm-hmm,
1: so don't forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's important stuff. I have I have two nice and creepy stories, uh, a big one and a little one again. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The first story has something to do with dating apps like Tinder. Who are you really meeting up with? Oh,
0: that is a dicey situation just in general.
1: hmm For my second story, I'll share a bit of history and paranormal lore from a haunted farm in Illinois, a Willow Creek farm. Okay. Can spirits in a haunted home not only torment anyone living in the house, but can they torment other spirits as well? Probably. You feeling snug and protected by your spoopy socks and cozy blanket?
0: Uh, I'm putting on my blanket so I can show you my socks without showing you my hoo ha. Okay. Because I decided to wear a skirt today. Nice. <laughs> I did it for you. Uh, I'm not Reagan. I'm not Reagan from The Exorcist. Okay. I don't, can you really see her?
1: A little bit. I know she's
0: supposed to look creepy, but she's pretty cute. Uh,
1: No setup on this first allegedly true modern encounter tale. Just going to dive right in. Okay. Time now for the tale of lovers scorned and summoned. Mm. Grace didn't know how dating was supposed to work in your mid-twenties, but she was pretty sure it wasn't supposed to be this. She hadn't been looking for anyone to go out with when she met her first long-term boyfriend, Jake, in college during their junior year. From there, things felt like dominoes in a row until they had moved in together in a new city, went out and got a cat, and started driving up to his family's lake house what felt like every other weekend. Four years passed so naturally, so straightforwardly, that she never had to come to terms with the fact that doubts about their future were, let's say, lingering in her mind. If they were really perfect for each other, if they wouldn't get bored of each other when the novelty of being young people in love had worn off. So when Grace discovered messages on his phone to a girl that he worked with... Oh, shit. Messages that definitely weren't in the realm of friendly co-worker chit-chat, she was almost relieved. It was shockingly easy to decide to get her own apartment, move closer to her family, and take her cat spaghetti with her. <laughs> all she could think about as she packed was that she was now going to get an opportunity to travel, to see the world, to stay out with friends if she wanted to. It all sounded so idyllic. Cut to six months later, and the reality was... Less than idyllic. Not everything was terrible. She loved her independence and freedom. She felt younger than she had in years, not weighed down by thoughts of how she should or should not plan for the future of her ex or her ex's weird moods. But also she realized what being in a comfortable relationship had sheltered her from for years. Specifically, the hellscape that was modern dating. When she was ready and gotten really sick of her only romantic options seeming to be gross, often already married or in a relationship drunk guys hitting on her at bars, she'd gotten on the apps, Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, maybe a few others she can't quite remember, only to find out that it still wasn't going to be easy. It wasn't going to be just casually meeting up with someone, figuring out if they vibed or not in a fun romantic setting, and going on a couple of dates, courted by some nice young guy on his best behavior. The first date she went on, she showed up to the restaurant and waited for half an hour past the time of the reservation. Just when she was about to leave, she got a text from Austin. There was a liquor store across the street from the restaurant. Got caught up in some bullshit. Be there in 15 minutes. Can you pick me up a couple tall boys before they close? What? She did not pick him up a couple of tall boys. She deleted his number, bought some wine from the liquor store, and went home to drink it alone and watch some trashy TV. Good girl. Second date wasn't much better. He showed her about a hundred pictures of his baby son and railed about how his ex had moved states without his consent, and how now he was on the hook for child support. Only he used way harsher terms to describe all of that. Grace had no interest in being some payback notch on his bedpost. Once again, blocked, deleted, wine alone, TV. When there was the next date, he showed up in a vest and a newsboy hat <laughs> and actually bowed to her what the fuck? And the next, he revealed that he was trying to get into bodybuilding and had just started his bulking phase and hoped to put on 40 pounds over the next year and, I guess, balloon himself into a size where you can no longer wear anything off the rack. And the next, and the next, and the next. All their own version of, seriously, are you kidding me? Grace had pretty much given up hope of ever meeting a somewhat normal, sweet guy with at least a touch of class again until Sam... By the time she met him, she was using the dating apps more as entertainment than anything else, texting her sister screenshots of particularly egregious profiles. (laughs) But when she saw Sam, she froze. The first thing she noticed were his eyes, warm brown, almost amber. They reminded her of the inside of a geode she'd seen as a kid, sparkling bronze in a deep black ring. Then she noticed his playful smile. He was standing with a big group of friends on what seemed like a European town square, and you could tell instantly which one was him. Other pictures showed him skydiving, cuddling his adorable scruffy dog, jumping off the side of a boat, and sitting beside a campfire. Grace shook her head, expecting the bio to say something like, models only. But instead it said, marketing rep by day, sushi expert by night. Pros, good at trivia, will fight you for the check. Cons, serial jaywalker. Grace felt something like a flutter. Was this real? Part of her felt like it had to be a joke profile. But there he was, verified by Facebook. He seemed so normal. Cute, funny, adventurous, but not like those guys who spend the entire date convincing you that they're cute, funny, and adventurous. She swiped right, and nothing happened. He'd either not been active recently or he'd swiped left on her. The thought made her get up a get out a big tub of Ben & Jerry's out of the freezer. Fine, Sam, if that's how you want to play it, Grace didn't need him, she thought, bending to scratch her cat under the chin. She had everything she needed right here. But then the next day, when she was in her home office, getting ready to look over some spreadsheets, her phone buzzed. She'd matched with Sam. And her eyes widened. He had messaged her. Hey, the message read, how's your day been? Not bad, she replied, a little bummed that he hadn't been more creative with his opener. Just doing some work, you? "'Just got done slaying a dragon, fulfilled an ancient prophecy, saved some maidens. Pretty regular day for me. A little hungry, though. Want to go for a snack?' She frowned at the phone. On her laptop screen, her coworkers were pinging her slack, wondering where she'd gone. "'Like, now?' she wrote back. He replied instantly. "'Yep. No worries if not. Just thought I'd shoot my shot.' "'No,' she wrote back. Let's do it. I can meet you someplace.' "'Ludlow's,' he suggested. It was a coffee shop right around the block from her. Were they neighbors?' No, she thought she would certainly would have noticed a Thor-like dude walking around, but maybe he'd recently moved here. You're on, Gray sent. She quickly made up a fake emergency for work, gave her cat a couple of treats, threw on a pretty blouse and a pair of tight-fitting jeans. All the while, though, she reminded herself that if it looked too good to be true, it probably was. He was probably different than his profile in some way, not as charming or straight-up a catfish. She shouldn't get her hopes up. Maybe he was an ex-Ted Bundy. But maybe he was great! humming under her breath she locked her front door and almost skipped down the street when she felt something the hair on her arm stood up before she truly realized what the feeling was it was like a a presence not coming from any specific direction but she felt it eyes on the back of her head someone or something paying attention suddenly something yanked her aside as a car sped right by her literally inches from her face and Grace found herself stumbling backwards onto the sidewalk, her heart pounding in her ears. Grace? Said a voice, and she looked up to see Sam. Everything he looked to be in his picture, and more, peering down at her. What happened to look both ways before crossing the street, huh? He said, smiling, and Grace felt herself blush violently. Oh my god, this is so embarrassing, she blurted. It was just like, I was just like lost in my thoughts, and I didn't see the car. That blue jeep? Sam shook his head. It's not all your fault. That guy was an asshole the nerve of him to drive down the street at a reasonable speed, staying in his proper lane. Grace laughed. Right, she said such an asshole. Dimly in the back of her mind, she remembered her ex, Jake, drove a blue Jeep. She pushed the thought out of her mind. Well, thanks for saving my life, she said, her voice weak. Hey, Sam said, his voice dropping low with concern. It's okay, you're fine. You know what, fuck the coffee. I think this calls for an afternoon beer, or five, he added. You can hold on my hand if you want, you know, so you don't fall or anything. There was a sparkle in his eyes that Grace liked, really liked, and she did hold this stranger's hand. Soon they were sitting across from one another at a small outdoor bar, progressing from beers to nachos to margaritas to sharing a quesadilla, and she liked him a whole lot more. He told her about going away for college but having to come back halfway through his sophomore year to care for his sick mother, how she passed away and left him her house how he had to take online classes and work two jobs to be able to afford the mortgage. Nobody Grace knew had a life like that. They'd all gone to good schools, had their parents help them with rent, and were generally taking all the time in the world to figure things out. But not Sam. By nine, they'd been hanging out for a whopping five hours, but it felt like five minutes. Still, Grace knew that she had to finally get home. Let me walk you, Sam said. I promise, I'm not going to be creepy. You can be a little teeny bit creepy, Grace said, meeting his eyes, if you want. They ambled through the neighborhood, red and yellow leaves tumbling to the ground in what felt like a Hallmark movie version of Fall. Or maybe it felt that way because Grace admitted to herself she suddenly had a crush. A big crush. This is me, she said, indicating her house. Do you... do you want to come in? He hesitated. Well, Grace groaned. Oh, no, you know what? Okay, forget I said that. That was stupid. No, 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 Sam said quickly. I really do want to. But I really... Okay, I'll just say it. I really like you, Grace. And I don't want to be some fuckboy here. So, no, I'm not going to come in. Unexpectedly, laugh bubbled up through Grace's lips. She felt about a million things, happy, relieved, frustrated, foolish, glowing, that all came together in a spectacular supernova of infatuation. Sam was still hovering on the porch. Can I kiss you, though? He smiled at her hopeful. And then, maybe in a couple of weeks, Grace interrupted him by putting her lips on his, a long, slow, extravagant kiss that made fireworks go off in the back of her head. Sam tasted like smoky tequila and smelled like the forest floor, pine needles and moss and rain, and his body was shockingly solid against hers. She still couldn't believe that he was real. Her eyes fluttered open as they slowed, and she saw a flicker of something in her peripheral vision, a flash of blue, and a face. Jake's face. It peered out at her from behind the construction site across the street. His hair had grown out to his shoulders, and his face was gaunt and hollow, his eyes like deep, dark pits. Slowly, he shook his head. Grace screamed. What? What did I do? When Grace looked again, the face was gone. Now Sam was staring at her like she was crazy. And maybe she was. She had just screamed into her crush's mouth. What the fuck was wrong with her? Sorry, sorry, she gasped. I, I-, I just saw something move out of the corner of my eye. I, I promise this isn't employed to get you to come inside, she added, now tempted to laugh at how ridiculous she sounded. I-, I just thought I saw a scary face. She made an executive decision to leave out the detail that it was Jake's. Nobody likes someone who talks about their ex on the first date. You must think I'm insane, she said, rolling her eyes at herself. Just a little, Sam said, reaching to tuck a lock of hair behind her ear. But a little insane is good. Suffice to say, Grace was a goner. Mm -hmm. She was so positive that she wasn't going to hear from him at all the next day, that he was going to ghost her, that she preemptively bought herself a new pajama set and bath oils. But he texted her, Good morning, and hope you have a good day at work, and or there aren't any creepy faces which was so sweet and disquieting. Had Grace really seen Jake the night before? As far as she knew, they lived three hours apart from one another. He was working for his dad's roofing company, putting in long hours. He had no reason to look the way she'd seen him, almost emaciated, hollow, a shell of himself. To prove to herself that it wasn't him, she unblocked his Instagram and pulled up his most recent post from a month ago, a picture of him on his dad's boat holding a big trout. In it, he looked tan and healthy, his hair curling over his ears, There was no way he could have transformed so much in just a month. She'd just been imagining it, she told herself. Maybe Grace had deeper issues with commitment than she'd thought. Still, things with Sam were too exciting to get truly caught up in whatever was happening in her weird brain. She was finally doing exactly what she wanted, casually dating someone she really liked, no strings attached, but with an expectation of honesty and directness. A few nights after their first date, he came over for a movie, and to her surprise, brought an armful of groceries. I thought I could make dinner for you. He said, beaming over a spray of leafy greens. What do you say to some ratatouille and salad? Sounds great, Grace said, holding out a hand for his coat. The smell of it, like the smell of his body when they'd kissed, was intoxicating. A deep, vibrant earthiness that left her lightheaded. Oh, and Pinot Pinot Noir, he said, presenting her with a bottle of wine. Your favorite. Grace hesitated. Something in her stomach dropped. How did you know that was my favorite? Sam blinked. Because you said so on our first date i did it came out weak uncertain because grace didn't know what she was implying that he was stalking her that he somehow knew her favorite wine in a creepy and mysterious way all those things seemed ridiculous yeah he said slowly setting down the groceries but grace if this is too much for you we can go to a movie or something or go get a drink again i really don't mind damn it why was he always saying the perfect thing grace forced herself to relax no, she shook her head. Listen, I didn't want to make a big deal of this, but there's something going on with my ex. Sam closed his eyes. Don't tell me. Not actually broken up? No. Over a glass of wine, and it really was good, Grace explained how her ex's car had almost run into her in the street before Sam pulled her aside, how she thought she'd seen him at the construction site next door. Something was wrong with him, she muttered, as the fragrant smell of French cooking wafted, wafted through the kitchen. He was different, all emaciated, like... Actual skin and bones. Shit, Sam said, shaking his head. And you think he's stalking you? Maybe? It felt ridiculous to say out loud. I just want you to know that if I'm acting weird, it has nothing to do with you. No, it has everything to do with me, Sam said, because I am going to get to the bottom of this. I promise. They were making out before dinner. Let me just stick it in the fridge, Sam gasped as Grace gently tugged on his hair. By the time Sam left the next morning, Grace felt like she was glowing. She just felt shinier, more alive somehow, like every synapse in her brain was lighting up with new possibilities. She'd never felt that way before with Jake. It was more of a, once a week is good enough type of thing. Not anymore, she said out loud, the way she often did when she was just her and spaghetti. Isn't that right, Getty? But spaghetti didn't come at the mention of his name. He usually did. Spaghetti, Grace said, setting down her coffee cup. Baby, where are you? He wasn't in his normal spot by the window or eating in the mudroom. He wasn't upstairs, in Grace's bedroom, or batting at the toilet paper in the bathroom, or playing with his toys. It was dead silent in the house. Spaghetti! Spaghetti! Now Grace was growing frantic. She loved that cat. That cat had gotten her through everything. He was her special baby, sometimes the only thing that made it okay to return to an otherwise empty home. Spaghetti! Come here, boy! A crazed thought went through her mind. Had Jake done something to Spaghetti? Spaghetti? Was Jake here right now? Spaghetti! Now she was feeling hysterical, running up and down the stairs, opening every door. Not in the linen closet, not in the guest bedroom. She ran back down the stairs and heard a faint meowing coming from the mudroom. Spaghetti! The meowing grew louder as she got closer to the washing machine. With a swoop of dread, she opened up the hatch and out popped spaghetti. His black fur ruffled, but otherwise unharmed. She felt a deep swoop of relief as she hugged him and then a sickening swoop of dread. There was simply no way... He could have gotten in there by himself and closed the door. Someone put him in there. Jake? Suddenly, Grace felt cold. It was a warm fall day, and yet she had goosebumps all over her body. Had Jake been in here the night before? Well, they were... Her mind spun off in a thousand different directions. Opening Instagram, she went back to his profile, unblocked him again. Then she opened a new DM to him, ready to tear him a new one. Instead, she saw messages to her. Messages she'd never seen. Hundreds of them. Grace, please, call me, please Grace, you have to unblock me I know I fucked up, please Come on, baby, Grace, please, please Grace, something bad is going to happen, Grace You have to believe me There were dozens more Grace scrolled through them, feeling sick to her stomach In her arms, Spaghetti wiggled free and stood still on the floor His ears bent back and his back arched It's okay, she whispered to him, extending the hand to pet him It's gonna be fine But he hissed and took off running into the house, leaving her alone the fuck was she supposed to do? Should she call the police? Trembling, she stood up and went back to the kitchen, willing her brain to figure out some course of action. Between the endorphins still coursing through her from the night before and the pit of sheer terror in her stomach, she felt frozen, unable to do anything except mutter under her breath. Fuck, 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 fuck. Then the doorbell rang. She jumped, sending her cup of coffee to the ground where it shattered. But she didn't really register it. Her eyes were on the door on the shadowy figure behind the glass waiting for her. "'She grabbed a kitchen knife and walked slowly to the door, "'careful to remain outside of the person's sightline. "'She could hear them breathing behind the door, "'and she brought up the knife, one hand on the doorknob, "'and flung it open. "'Grace, Jesus Christ!' "'It was Sam, looking as fresh as he'd been when he'd left. "'He stared at her in a panic, backing up, "'and Grace realized what she was doing, "'still holding the knife aloft as though to stab him. "'Sam, sorry, sorry!' "'She put the knife on the console and turned back. "'What are you doing here?' "'I left my scarf,' he said, gesturing to the floor above.' in your bedroom is there some sort of new security system you're trying out but when he saw that she wasn't laughing his face darkened it's Jake isn't it he's still here slowly she nodded and opened up the door for him to come in immediately she heard a shrieking sound it was spaghetti across the room looking at Sam with his ears folded back and his back in a high arch every hair on his body bristled his yellow eyes were fixed directly at Sam's face and Grace felt herself grow wary. Like his fear was infecting her Looks like the little guy is spooked Sam said, reaching out to touch Grace's shoulder At that, Spaghetti let out a long hiss And darted deeper into the house I'll tell you what, Sam said I took karate for a pretty long time as a kid I can probably take this guy in a fight If it comes to that What about I take a look around the property And see if he's still here And then we go get some brunch Sounds good, she said weakly Glad to surrender to someone who seemed to know what they were doing How was this her life? On the one hand, she felt bursting for gratitude with Sam, a gratitude that made her feel heavy like a drug. And on the other hand, she couldn't believe that suddenly everything seemed so off the rails. I'll I'll go get dressed. Put on something cozy, he said, bending to kiss her on the top of her head. Brunch is on me. After he went out the front door, she went up the stairs, taking deep breaths. Hold for four, three, two, one. Inhale for four, three, two, one. Four, three, two. Suddenly, she felt a pair of hands yank back on her shoulders and pull her into the bathroom. One hand clapped over her mouth, stifling a scream as she fell backwards and onto the hard tile. Above her swam Jake's face, but not the Jake she remembered. This Jake had rancid breath, bony arms that pinned her down, waxy yellow skin that stretched across his face as he leered at her. "'Grace,' he breathed, his breath heavy, hot, and sour." scrambling across the floor she scooted back to the bathtub but Jake stood up and went to the door blocking it off finally he said his voice thick and hoarse finally we can talk there's someone here Jake she said there's someone here and he knows I'm up here and I'm going to scream don't scream suddenly he was across the room again holding her down clamping a hand to her mouth don't scream Grace just listen to me it's about Sam At the mention of his name Grace froze how do you know Sam he hesitated and she asked again Jake how the fuck do you know who Sam is "'Are you fucking stalking me?' "'No, y- yes, I-, I mean,' he took a deep breath, and the look on his face changed. "'Not the shitty, fearful look she'd seen across the street, but genuine, heavy remorse. "'I'm really sorry, Grace. I'm really, really sorry.' "'What are you sorry about?' her voice was right. "'What the fuck are you sorry about, Jake?' "'I was so mad at you,' he whispered his eyes wide. "'I was so mad at you because we were going to have this amazing life, and I thought you ruined it. "'I now know that I was the one who ruined it, but in that moment, I, I-, I just thought... "'What did you think, Jake?' A frenzy of conflicting thoughts passed through Grace's mind. Jake, what did you do? Sam's. He's not from here, Jake said in a ragged voice. I was so mad and drunk all the time, I just wanted it to end. I promise, that's all. I found this old looking book. It had this thing written in it. He took a deep breath and recited May your love turn to hate and your happiness turn to pain. May your relationship be cursed until death do you part. From this day forward, may you find no peace and may your heart be filled with agony. He looked at her with watering eyes. I thought it was for me, just to get over you. I didn't actually think anything would happen. This shit's not supposed to be real. But something happened. Something started feeding off of me. I felt a little weaker each day, a little less real. It took my life force to exist, Grace. Look at me. Look at me! Grace met his eyes, his yellowish, red-rimmed eyes, and saw his greasy hair and brittle nails, his teeth that snapped together when he spoke okay so he did a weird ritual she said struggling to stand up and thinking about how she would have to call the cops the moment she got the chance meth heroin what was really going on with him though jake was weak he seemed to have a desperate sort of strength to keep him from freak- freaking out she pretended to believe on some level what he was saying and asked what the hell does that have to do with me it, it took my life for it and so now it's here jake gazed at her sadly not even bothering to get up. It was in your bedroom, Grace. It's outside right now. Grace could feel a cruel laugh bubbling in her chest and Jake must have sensed it because he added, think back. He wasn't actually wearing a scarf last night, was he? Involuntarily, Grace pictured Sam arriving at the house the day before, holding the brown paper bag of groceries. She scanned her memory for his outfit. Green jacket. Brown pants. Flannel shirt. No scarf. I told you, Jake whispered, and Spaghetti hates him. I wonder why. He doesn't hate anyone. Grace had to admit he was right about that. He wasn't a typical cat that way. He loved everyone, but he did not love Sam. This was crazy. No, she muttered, shaking her head. No, no, no. You took five years of my life, Jake. I'm not letting you take away the first good thing that's happened to me since I left your dumbass. Fair enough. He hung his head. His next words mumbled to the ground. But tell me you don't feel different around him. I'm not talking like a crush. Like you feel different. Not yourself. Strange. Against her will the last week played back in her mind She did feel different At first she thought that was good The sparkly difference of a new crush The world coming into sharper focus Everything a little more dazzling But now she could see that she felt almost Drugged, giddy She couldn't stop thinking about Sam Even when she wanted to And there was the scarf And spaghetti You see it now I knew you would, Jake mumbled Fuck you, Grace said But there was no heat in it She felt cold, ice cold, on the verge of disassociating completely. If what you're saying is real, then just fucking undo it. I can't undo it. Jake blinked at her solemnly. He's tied to you. Forever. Forever? Grace said, panicking. What the fuck did you do to me? Grace! Grace! A booming voice came from downstairs. Sam's voice. I didn't see anyone. How about brunch, sweetheart? Grace cringed at the nickname. As she did, Jake whispered, Run. But there was nowhere to run. Coming out into the landing, she tried to see Sam without him seeing her, searching for a head of blonde hair, but saw nothing. Hi, Grace. Whirling around, she turned to the bedroom to see Sam lounging casually against the doorframe, looking for all the world like an L.L. Bean advertisement. She felt herself go weak, but not because she was attracted to him. Maybe let's skip brunch, he suggested, raising his eyebrows. Go for round two? Or was it round three or four? Grace's face warmed, and she felt her stomach clench with disgust. Fighting to keep her voice casual, she said, I, th- I think I changed my mind. I don't feel so good. Maybe another time, Sam. Aww. He stuck his bottom lip out in a mock pout. Baby's got a little tummy ache? little head cold? I bet I can make it better, honey. Seriously, Sam, she said, her voice growing sharp. I- I'm not in the mood. Go home. But this is my home, he said, smiling at her, her his eyes dark. But you knew that, didn't you, Grace? I... I, I was meant to be with you. His tone was sickly sweet. I'm not supposed to do anything else except be right here. At that, he held out his hand, and Grace felt that same wave of drugged affection. But there was a cold pit in the center of it this time. For the first time, she noticed that his handsomeness was kind of generic, almost blurry at the edges. Like whatever his face looked, uh, or, or like whatever he looked on the inside. Sorry, like whatever he looked like on the outside was something he was putting on. Then, run from the bathroom. Jake screamed, run! Grace turned around and took off down the stairs, but you could hear Sam behind her, his thundering footsteps. There was something else, too. Sam was calling after her, saying her name, but it wasn't Sam's voice. Or it was his voice on the top, but lurking underneath was something much more sinister, much darker. How could one person speak in two voices at the same time? Grace came to a skidding halt at the front door, unsure where to go, but she knew she didn't have time to choose. Flinging open the front door, she watched as Spaghetti took off down the street, his little body a black blur. Grace began running after him when she noticed the shed at the edge of her property. Maybe she could hide there, just to give her a second to think about what to do next. Taking a sharp turn, she wrenched open the door to the shed and slammed it shut behind her and gasped. Her shed had been empty before, save for a riding lawnmower that she didn't use enough. "'some old tires, and a few cans of gas, oil, etc. "'But now it was full of things, her favorite things. "'Bottles of wine, bags of groceries, "'comfy-looking sweatshirts, bath bombs, flowers, "'everything she'd ever wished that Jake would have given her "'to make her feel appreciated. "'But this stuff wasn't like the groceries "'that Sam had brought. "'It was all decayed, moldy. "'Across one sweatshirt, "'she thought she saw a smear of brownish red. "'The flowers were covered in some kind of sludge. "'She didn't know if it was natural decay or something else.' whimpering she backed up trying hard not to touch anything she was desperately glad that she and Sam had never made it to dinner the night before what if the stuff was inside her then she heard footsteps heavy footsteps come out come out wherever you are Sam sang, each word as clear as if he'd whisper them into her ear Gracie Gracie you're driving me crazy that did it somehow terrified though she was something in grace snapped she was not going to let this freaky thing call her Gracie and sing her rhymes Enough with the fucking nicknames, she said out loud. She stepped forward and flung open the door. Sam was standing there smiling that devilish smile that she'd liked so much just a few days before. Get the fuck away from me, she growled. I mean it, Sam. Leave me alone. You don't mean that, he murmured, his voice buttery and warm. If she hadn't been listening hard, she almost would have heard the other voice beneath it, the dark one. You love me, Gracie. Admit it. I don't fucking know you, she spat. But I know you. I was made for you, Grace. Stop saying my fucking name! Grace surged forward, her fists raised, but Sam caught them easily and shoved her back into the shed. Soon she felt his lips pressed against hers, not like they had the night before, tenderly, but with fresh hunger. He bit down and she tasted blood. This was it, she thought. She was going to die out here. Her last thought was that she hoped Spaghetti was okay. She hoped he found a nice home with parents and children who would adore him and no big barking duck. Thwack! Suddenly, Sam was falling to the ground, Grace stumbling out from under him. Above them, backlit by the the sunny fall day, was Jake. He held a tire iron that Grace saw was now covered in the same kind of goo that was on the flowers in the groceries. From the car, he explained with a gasp. I don't care where you got it from, Grace screamed. Just do it again. Jake held the tire iron over his head again and brought it down, but Sam jerked out of the way. Grace saw that it was an injury on, there was an injury on his head that was leaking goo. Thick black-green sludge. When he opened his eyes, they were the same color. "'Jake, hurry!' Grace screamed. But Jake was frozen, looking at Sam with a sort of desperate terror. And Grace knew that this was his manifestation of something. All the guys he wished he could have been in high school and college come back to fuck with him until he surrendered. And now he was paralyzed by this dark mirror into his own mind." Grace took the tire iron and ripped it from his hand. She slammed it down with everything she had and didn't miss. The first blow struck this thing called Sam in the face and dented it. Smudge started leaking out the corner of his eye. The second missed as Sam, emitting this terrible moan, managed to move his head out of the way. The third blow hit paydirt again and dented its forehead and split the skin. More sludge leaking out from a crack in this thing's skin. Sam's death moan winding down like a toy whose batteries have almost run out. She swung again and partially split its head open and again and again and again. Soon she was covered in sweat. She must have hit it dozens of times. Where Sam had been wasn't bone or blood or clothes, just the same black-green goo. It smelled like decay, like sewage, almost. Underneath were familiar smells, as in personally familiar. The smell of the cookies she'd bake as a kid or baked as a kid with her mom, the smell of the first car she'd gotten out of college, the smell of the cologne she gave Jake for his birthday one year. "'and then what used to be Sam's body emulsified further "'and then dried out into a dark, ashy powder, "'finally turning into little more than black dust. "'Glancing over into the shed, "'everything inside it associated with Grace "'disappeared into the dust as well. "'Jake was still standing, frozen, blinking at her. "'She pushed past him and headed to the house. "'That's it?' he called after her, bewildered. "'She turned around. "'You're welcome,' she said. "'Now get the fuck off my property. "'I never want to see you again.' Grace took off looking for spaghetti and found him later that afternoon, hiding under the house. By then, Jake's car was gone. Grace felt feverish, and she went inside to lay down and woke up the next day, 16 hours later, to a police officer knocking on her door doing a wellness check. Her co-workers were worried after she didn't show up for work and didn't get back to any calls, emails, slacks, or texts. She now wondered if she hallucinated the entire thing. But when she looked at her DMs from Jake, all the alarming messages were still there, Plus one more that said, thank you, and I'm so sorry. I'll never bother you again. Have the best life, Grace. I'll always love you. Her Tinder messages from Sam were still there also, as were his profile pictures. Thank God there were no new messages. She thought, just for a second, about messaging him, just to see what would happen. But then she thought about everything that had already happened. What if she hadn't been hallucinating? Posting her story six months after all this supposedly happened, Grace said that she hadn't started dating again and had no plans to anytime soon. Drinking wine alone watching TV with spaghetti no longer felt pathetic. It felt safe.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs)
1: Hmm. Mm -hmm. I just want you to know Uh
0: that um, I can do curses too. Yeah? So just keep that in mind. You know what I
1: mean? Uh Uh-huh. Be
0: on your best behavior.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I get a lot of playful threats uh, with Lindsay. (laughs) It's pretty funny when we, when we watch a TV show and like the, the guy <laughs> cheats on the girl, whatever. She's like, I'll kill you. I'll kill you. She's like, no one will ever be able to determine it was me. I'll hire yeah. someone.
0: My my usual threat is mm-hmm. like, go ahead. Go right ahead. I'll make every day of your life living hell. I won't even leave you and I won't let you leave me, but I will make your life hell.
1: Ay, yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> whatever. You do the same thing. <laughs> if we're watching a show and it's yeah, like the inverse, yeah. you're like, uh-uh. you'll, you'll turn towards me and go, sweets?
1: No. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, do you have any questions before I show pictures? I have so many questions. Okay, but we could do pictures first. Well, the pictures are not associated with the story. I'll just say that I couldn't find any, but I have a fun group of pictures.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Well, I was trying. I was writing down early on, like, okay, is Jake stalking her? Mm-hmm. Uh, are Jake and Sam working together?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, are kind they? Th-
0: and then I was like wondering if they were somehow the same person. Like, if Sam was some sort of, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, like a holographic version of Jake. Like I was trying yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to piece it together. And then um, I did eventually write down before you said to it that it was a curse. I did mm. I did figure it out. What was Sam made of? What was that black sludgy stuff?
1: Who knows? So bizarre. Mm-hmm.
0: And then I guess there's nothing to report to the police because there's no body. It just turned mm-hmm. into ash. So, I mean.
1: Yeah, you just sound crazy. Definitely. I mean, a- any police officer in their right mind would logic, would... I mean, it'd be weird if they didn't think you were crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Would you be able to date again?
1: Ooh, if that happened to me. Yeah, I mean, I guess eventually I do believe that like time heals. You know, I think it would take a while though. Yeah, and you'd be real skittish for a while.
0: Yeah, and then how do you explain to your new person that you really like why you're skittish?
1: I don't think you do, not yeah. for a while. Not 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 until you're deep into that relationship.
0: Then, but then that feels like a um, a deception.
1: I don't know. I just it, th- it is very tricky. It is tricky. I I mean. I think that's an okay deception because, yeah. you know, it's like, again, like somebody knew it's like, if they're not crazy, they would, they should think that, that you're, you're crazy, crazy. for yeah, saying yeah. that.
0: And you never did the dating apps, right? Like you somehow managed to bypass that?
1: Yeah. I, um, like before you, I, I, I didn't, I, yeah, well, obviously I, before, well, me. obviously before, but I didn't like, <laughs> Last um, week. I didn't mind just, uh, you know, if somebody wasn't into it, whatever, like talking to them. Yeah. I had no problem. Just like asking people for dates.
0: Well, sure. I don't think anybody has a problem with that. It's not about the asking out; it's about meeting people.
1: But I meet people like the airport and different places. At
0: the airport,
1: hmm? I go. On, I went on dates with so um, right before you, some girl I met at LAX. What? Just waiting for the shuttle for the to the parking lot. Chatted, wow! Chatted her up. Wow! Mm-hmm.
0: It's interesting because you don't like to talk to people and you don't like small talk, so I have a hard time. Well, when you're, <laughs> even
1: when you're single and more motivated in some ways.
0: Wow. Okay. All right. I, I assumed that I never needed to be worried about you just talking to Rando. He's like, <laughs>
1: well, yeah. No, I'm going to add this to don't. my list. I oh, like,
0: Dan oh, likes boy. to talk to cute girls in public. Mm-hmm. So then you were never catfished then. So like you, you don't have like the uh-uh. dating app horror stories that no, ultimately lead to some of the best stories of your life.
1: Yeah. Uh, friends of mine had some pretty good ones. Oh. I mean, I, I, there was this one guy, another comic in Indiana his was, it's just so sad, oh. but it was like, it, but it was a catfish. Everyone other than him was like, dude,
0: oh. this is clearly
1: not who you're talking to. I oh, remember, I remember he showed me the photo and it was, <laughs> you know, like when you buy a frame at like target, <laughs> the pictures that are in the frame already, the yeah, stock yeah, photos, yeah, 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 yeah. it was clearly a stock photo.
0: Oh my God. What an idiot. And, oh yeah. And then met the the girl in person. No, nope.
1: Strung him along. Never met him in person, but did I did he they, send her money. I think he did. I think oh, I, I don't think he was uh, t- telling me that part. But yeah, it was somebody who always had problems. There's always drama going on. They were supposed to meet up. And then weird excuses at the very last second came uh-huh. up. Uh, yeah, it was 100% a catfish.
0: Oh, man. I had one. Uh, it wasn't like the worst kind of catfish. But it was just like, this was so sad and pathetic. But I was online dating. Mm-hmm. And I went on this date. And like in the pictures, I was like, oh, I'm like, he's totally cute. We got there. And he was easily... Easily sixty-ish plus pounds more than all the photos he had posted, right? And it was like, oh, these are your college photos, and you're just like,
1: it's been five years later,
0: five years later, and and just no address, that's re- that's and no weird. addressing it at yeah. all, yeah. at all. And I was like, I don't ca- I I have dated such a wide variety of like shapes, yeah. colors, beliefs, yeah. all the things. So it's like not that, but it's just like,
1: it, how false can, advertisement?
0: Exactly. How can you start a relationship in falsehoods? Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-mm. Mm-mm. and then he was just weird. <laughs> and there was a guy that showed up in the yellow Hummer. God, he was special.
1: Oh, you told me about him.
0: Actually. Oh, oh, boy. oh, You guys, if you have any funny like dating stories, just like keep them short. But like, I would love to hear them because I just <laughs> think like online dating was maybe, I, I mean, I know it still happens, but it's just like not as common now. It's just like hookups.
1: Oh, you yeah. Know, people
0: aren't generally meeting each other online anymore. It is such a weird thing to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, well, let's see your photos.
1: Okay, so I couldn't find images. Of
0: not your date from LAX.
1: Yeah, I couldn't find images associated with the story. I did search for Tinder monster. Oh. And then a fake profile came up. It comes from a a Tinder subreddit, and there's a bunch more. So this first one, the description made me laugh out loud. So it's like a creepy humanoid monster is the profile picture. And the name is real human man. (laughs) And then for employment, they list person job at Company Incorporated. And then interest, real human man likes doing human things, like consuming flesh of animals, breathing oxygen, and walking on leg. <laughs> it's just walking so silly. on leg. <laughs> it reminds me of Kyler's humor. Ah. And then other recommended images came up that cracked me up. In this profile picture of a moth, like a like kind of a creepy looking moth, photo taken at night. Not moth. Yeah, not moth, 23. Uh, for employment, light bulb quality assurance at lamp factory. <laughs> and then description, I just like lamps, and I'm looking for a bright lover. Not interested in dark personalities. Definitely human person and not a moth. I enjoy normal human things like turning on lamp or other similar human activities.
0: I love how it's like turning on lamp, walking on leg.
1: (laughs) Right. Same person. I think you wrote those. And then there's a bunch of fake profiles from horror books and movies. Okay. Like Pennywise from Stephen King's It. Oh
0: my God.
1: Figured I'd give Tender a shot since I've been so down recently. Literally down in the sewer. It's been the worst. I'm good at leaving a lasting impression And kids seem to be drawn to me. (laughs) Swipe right if you're looking for someone with a nice smile that can turn into a giant spider. (laughs) Mm Haha, I mean, has a good job. Not the spider thing.
0: My God.
1: So two more. This one is for Jigsaw from the Saw franchise. Yeah. Don't even think about swiping right if you just like to play a game. I don't want to play a game. You have two choices. You can swipe left and go the rest of your life missing out on the sweet embrace of a loving puppet. Or you can swipe right and let me take you to Chili's. The choice is yours.
0: I want to know, like, who the people are that are like, I'm going to swipe right and just see what happens.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then finally, uh, Michael Myers from the Halloween franchise, the never-ending Halloween franchise.
0: They just got bought. That's going to be started all over again.
1: I'm just living life to the fullest and trying to spend as much time as I can with my family and friends. No time for the drama. Haters can swipe left. (laughs) Life isn't about waiting on the storm to pass. It's learning to dance in the rain. Oh, I'm also a serial killer, but if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best.
0: (laughs) That is fantastic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just thought those were fun. I
0: wonder if those are up right now, like because Halloween or if they're just always Uh, in there. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of the Pennywise thing, uh, somebody sent me uh, a DM and it was like uh, Halloween decorations in my neighborhood. I was like, oh, my God, that is so good. It's so good. There's a you drive. You're driving past a house. Yeah. And you see uh, a statue, a silhouette, whatever, of a little kid in a yellow rain jacket. There's one red balloon. And in front of this house is also a sewer. And when you look into the sewer, they put Pennywise in there.
1: Wow. Oh,
0: because I was like, oh, this isn't that scary. I was like, oh, that's clever. And then I was like, oh, God. I just can't imagine driving down the street and just seeing. Forget about the rest of it. Just something in the sewer. Holy shit,
1: man. Well done to whoever did that. Yeah, it was good. Uh, you ready to leave some uh, funny profiles head to a spooky house
0: yeah that, that was a good story Okay, I like good. that yeah like a different kind of lore Yeah.
1: before moving on to more scares let us first let us first take a quick in between story sponsor break thanks for listening to those sponsor deals creeps and peepers and now for one more tale from me on this big Halloween episode we head to a spooky farm in Illinois one with an especially creepy spirit haunting it little bit of historical setup before getting into the scares On a winding road in the Cherry Grove, Shannon Township of rural northeast Illinois is a non-assuming white farmhouse known as Willow Creek Farm. It was built in 1855 by David and Mary Holmes on a property originally owned by William Boardsman, an English settler who arrived in New York City by ship. Then he moved to America in 1835 or when he moved to America in 1835. In 1839, William, a blacksmith by trade, brought his wife Mary and two children, Margaret and Mary, to the farm living in a log cabin that William built. David and Thomas Holmes, two brothers who also immigrated from England, already lived nearby and became the Boardman's neighbors. Then Thomas would later marry Margaret in 1853, and his brother David would marry Margaret's sister Mary in 1855. Both couples lived in their own homes near the location of the original log cabin built by William Boardman. A remodeled version of Thomas and Margaret's original home is the current Willow Creek Farm. The Holmes had a dozen children together, but only four survived into adulthood. Not long after having their 12th child, David died due to what seems to have been appendicitis. Mary then remarried a doctor named Archibald Graham, who was not known as a kind man, believed that he uh, abused his new wife and children both mentally and physically. He's also one of the people thought to have stuck around the farm after his death as a spirit known as the creep. And the farm would stay in the family until the late 1980s, changing names, from the Boardman Farm to the Zier Farm to the Willow Creek Farm. The property then went then sat largely abandoned and went through several owners until Albert Kelchner bought it in 2006. Albert, still the present owner as far as I can tell, worked in commercial construction in New York and was looking for a change of pace when he came to Illinois. He knew he wanted a farm, and driving around one day, when he came across Willow Creek Farm, he said, I felt like I was drawn to this house. Even though the house had fallen into terrible state of disrepair, Keltner could see the home's potential and started to renovate it. He also started to hear and see strange and sometimes frightening things. Things moved in the house, he said. Lights flickered. I heard voices when I was alone. And once in a while, I swear that I was being touched. As he met more people in the area who who he invited over to visit, as family members came to stay in his new house as well, he quickly realized he wasn't just convincing himself of anything that wasn't really happening. He wasn't the only person hearing or seeing strange things. Many people were. Visitors in the year since have reported hearing loud bangs, footsteps, knocking, tribal drumming, children crying or singing, people talking and dogs barking. Visitors have smelled floral and tobacco scents. Some people have experienced feeling extreme hot and cold spots. People have reported being touched, even hugged, punched, choked, and shoved. Some have claimed to watch objects float through the air. Others have claimed to have witnessed full-bodied apparitions and shadowy figures. Several psychics and mediums have claimed that there are seven to nine regular spirits in the house, with up to 30 passing through at any given time, and additional spirits in in the barn, machine shed, field, and pasture. A female spirit named Sarah supposedly roams the farmhouse. She's been seen wearing a blue floral print dress with an apron and a style of black boots fashionable in the 1800s. The spirit of a boy named Robbie, 10 to 12 years old, who died from a long illness, has been reported by Albert, Kelchner, and others. Several psychics and mediums have also claimed that the ghost of an African-American man named Joe lives in the basement and that he often hides under the stairs. Finally, several psychics and mediums have uh, stated that in the northwest bedroom, there is a spirit that I mentioned earlier known as the creep or creeper, Dr. Archibald Graham. It has been said that he exhibits strong, negative, often sexual energy towards both women and children. Hence his nickname of the creep. A psychic exploring the ground said that they also believe that the creep uh, has the ghost of a young boy, Robbie, spiritually imprisoned somehow and being tormented. Can one spirit attack another from beyond the grave? Could someone abused, not just in this life, uh, also be tormented in their spirit life beyond this one? What a terrible thought to finally be free of pain in this life, find out that your spirit does in fact live on, but then also find out that just like there are monsters in this world who can inflict tremendous harm upon you, there are monsters in the next world that can keep that pain coming. One anonymous poster believes this to be true after what they claim to have experienced in the old farmhouse when trespassing and exploring it before Albert bought it one Halloween night in the 1990s. Time now for the tale of The Torment Continues. I'll never stop thinking about that night. Not leaving my name or exact age, because it's a small area where I still live. And I don't want to deal with people thinking I made this up, or worse, people thinking I didn't make it up, and now they want to ask me questions I don't want to answer. It was sometime in the 90s, and I was young, still in school. For Halloween, myself and a few others decided to see if we could sneak into all or some of the buildings of the old Willow Creek Farm back when no one was living on the property. We weren't the first or the last kids to have that idea. I knew from some other kids who'd done it that we'd be able to get into the barn and a few other outer outer buildings, at least. I wasn't so sure about the main house. I heard it was locked up pretty good. I wish it had been locked the night we snuck onto the property. Maybe whoever owned it at that time just forgot to lock. Or maybe that sick bastard saw something in me he liked and invited me in. I was alone when it happened. The other guys I was with, they were getting bored with ghost hunting. Or maybe they were scared and just didn't want to admit it. Maybe they sensed something terrible in that house and wanted to get the hell out. We'd already looked around the barn and a few other buildings with our flashlights before we walked into the main house. After exploring all the rooms, again with our flashlights, the other guys wanted to go to the barn and have some beers before we all bounced out to a Halloween party at this kid's house whose parents were always out of town. I told them I'd join them in just a few minutes. I really thought I might hear or see something, and it was bummed that nothing had happened yet. I thought it'd be cool to have at least one awesome Halloween ghost story to tell at the party. And then right after they left, I got my story. But it was so fucked up, I never told her to that party. I never even went. I pretended to be sick and went home early. It started off with what felt like a small, thick bubble of cold air passing straight through me. It was such a strange, unexpected, and intense sensation made me drop my flashlight, which now pointed across the room at the wall and something in front of it that I couldn't see cast a shadow against that wall like someone making shadow puppets. It was a shadow of a little boy. Just an instant after seeing it and having my jaw drop I felt another larger bubble of icy air colder and denser than the previous one also pass right through me in the same direction. I let out an oof like I've been punched in the stomach. And now a second shadow was cast against the wall the shadow of a man and he was holding something a belt I think and he swung it "'Towards the shadow of a boy. "'Crack!' "'I heard a lash against his back, "'and he recoiled and screamed. "'Crack!' "'Again he hit him, and again he screamed. "'I stood frozen in place, wide-eyed, "'and too shocked to scream myself. "'Several more times he swung and hit him. "'In addition to screaming, "'as he was being beaten from a standing position "'to laying down on the floor, "'I heard a boy's voice loudly plead, "'Help me! Help me! He never stops!' then the man's shadow shifted seemed to turn and face me while the shadow of the boy crawled on his belly out past the edge of the flashlight's range along the wall and now I heard I'm gonna hurt you forever the shadow lifted his arm back and then crack ah I yelled out and felt welts erupt in a line across my chest I felt it hit me and it would leave a mark now I wasn't frozen any longer leaving my flashlight where it was I spun and turned to run out of the room crack ah I yelled out again and almost stumbled to the floor as a new hot line of pain exploded along my back I ran out the door down the stairs out of the house hearing evil laughter behind me the entire time. As I as soon as I popped outside I heard music coming from the barn and laughter. The guys were listening to a boombox one of them brought, didn't have a clue I'd been screaming, which I was thankful for. I walked quickly towards the barn only stopping once to turn back around and look at the house. I could see the lit up wall through the window and I could see two shadows, one man-shaped, one child-shaped, and he'd returned to the beating. The creep when I looked up stories later about the farm, I was sure that's who it was. The creep. I composed myself as best I could, walked into the barn, trying to play things cool as possible. The other guys knew something was up. I wasn't myself. Instead of maybe hooking up at some Halloween party that night, I told the guys I was sick. I laid in bed, scared shitless. Had the first of many, many nightmares. I don't have nightmares about it anymore, but sometimes the memory of that sick shadow puppet play I saw against that wall pops into my head. Leaves me feeling scared and also just sad. Is a ghost of some kid being abused in the afterlife? And if he is, how the hell is anyone ever going to help him?
0: That's crazy. Mm-hmm. We've never had a story like that where like one spirit is abusing another spirit.
1: Yeah, we've had people caught in loops, but not, well, not that I can recall two spirits caught in the same loop when that loop is like one of them is being tormented by the other. Not in that way. Not no. so directly.
0: No, not like literally beating them.
1: Right, right, right.
0: And so I wonder if it, if that is the spirit of the Archibald and one of his kids, mm-hmm. or if it's two different spirits, or like, what?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: interesting that it can interact with the living and the dead. Like, it could hurt mm-hmm. both of them. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I didn't think of that angle. Yeah, exactly. But it supposedly spoke to this guy and also was... And what a, what a weird visual. It made me I think know. about like, I'm sure sh- that has to, I, I know that's been done in horror movies in the past. I just can't think of an, a concrete example. But like, you ever like dropped a flashlight in a dark room or yeah. just laid down and just like that creepy, like that little glow and it's like kind of like hard edges sometimes depending on the the flashlight, how intense the the setting is as sure. far as to focus the beam. Yeah. And then like that whole shadow puppets play. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about shadow puppet little plays in forever. But just thinking about one of those But it's entities acting it out, Mm -hmm. not anybody's hand and something so terrible.
0: I know. And then how that is so sad because it's like, how do you that poor child probably abused in life dies and is like grateful for relief. But there's no relief.
1: I'll just hope that it is just, well, I want to say it's a loop, but I mean, but then it did break the loop to address this person. Mm -hmm. I don't know.
0: Well, and I don't, I don't hope it's a loop because then that's just,
1: well, a loop of like, like an echo, like an echo. echo. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. That is so bizarre. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh,
1: I I was, I was laughing when you
0: said like the movie thing or whatever you're like, I've seen because, uh, we recently got an email. God, I need to like be better about saving them. They're so funny. It's like, uh, you guys know I'm the one answering the emails and it's like, uh, the chick sucks. She wants to make everything into a movie. Her movies, I, her movie ideas are stupid. Get rid of the chick.
1: <laughs> get rid of the chick. I don't know <sighs> who this random chick is. I
0: don't know who this chick is. I was like, get it, her out of there. Oh god, I was laughing uh, so hard. Sorry. I was in tears. No, don't be sorry. Yeah. I was laughing so hard I was in tears. I was like, the chick. Who even like talks like that anymore? I know. I know. You know, like when I say the chick, I'm like you know some uh, there was some random chick or like you yeah. know that random or like who is that random girl?
1: I not don't even know a, that I say
0: chick anymore to be not quite into honest. the
1: chick. Wh- what kind of broad is making these remarks? Get rid of the broad. Like somebody from like the 1940s. <laughs> Welcome or to fucking
0: 2023, bro. <laughs> oh god. So then, as soon as you said the movie thing, I was like, well, I can't jump in now because apparently I am going to make terrible movies.
1: <laughs> Listen, doll. Nobody. Oh, okay. I say doll. Do you? Yeah. Bring that one back. Hey, doll. Uh, i, have I a- say
0: sugar. Hey, sugar. <laughs> Sugar's
1: a good one. Mm-hmm. I have a few pictures. This first one is the main house of Willow Creek Farm. I mean, look, you know, pretty normal little yeah, farmhouse. house
0: uh, Yes, normal, but also normal and creepy.
1: Mm-hmm. Can I just say, yeah. this is like, I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. This is a carbon copy almost of my Aunt Kim's house growing up. No like way. With the cornfield. I mean, just everything. Everything about, about it. It, it, it you could not convince me that this wasn't my aunt kid's oh, house. Wow. That's how weird, weird <laughs> this is. <laughs> Do
0: you have an address, Dan? And not that you uh, need to share it on the you air. You can
1: find one online, but I, I don't have it in my notes. But yes, okay. it's a place you can visit. Okay. So you can find Willow Creek Farm in Illinois.
0: Oh, boy. Logan, go check it out.
1: <laughs> this next one, an old barn with uh, the main house in the background now. That'd be funny if, if Logan, did your aunt have that barn too? <laughs> no. Okay, okay. No, this is this is <laughs> totally different picture. <laughs> <laughs> He's
0: like, yeah, I grew up playing in that part. It's very <laughs> familiar to me.
1: This third uh, picture, suppose a picture of a spirit captured on film in this house or Halloween decoration hung from Albert K- Kelschner's garage. They do ham it up for, the, for Halloween.
0: As they should.
1: Yeah, with the lore behind it. Yeah,
0: I mean, why not?
1: And then finally, this, this image just killed me. I did an image search for creepy haunted farm figure. And this fucking doll came up. What is that? (laughs) It's the weirdest looking doll. It's described as Mattel doll, 1973, antique toy figure, vintage, creepy, haunted farm Halloween beard man.
0: I know. That's the thing. Everything about it is like a completely normal, what you would expect doll. But then it, (laughs) the beard is like. Okay. That, that's
1: it, a mustache. <laughs> I know. It's like a mustache that they're trying to pass off as a beard. It's a must it's a beard that only comes from above the lip.
0: And well, and also it's like uh it is a okay, what it reminds me of is when women have fake eyelashes at home. So they yeah. come on like a strip and then the lashes curl out from there. Oh yeah. And so to me, it just looks like they took like a two. eyelash extension kind of things and just put them here and they're really long. Like it just looks like chunks of hair. It doesn't even look like a good fake mustache. It needs to be trimmed. It's
1: so strange. (laughs) And the hair is supposed to like flow into a beard. I mean, I I do see on the side, like the big sideburns on the side. But like... But it doesn't. It looks like hair that would be on the top of the head. Like all the hair is wrong. And they just made him look so weird with his hand even. It, it I know, it's, a, it's, like, little, it's like a cult person. It's like, like they're. Well,
0: what? it's like a little like Hitler, like.
1: Oh, with his hand. And figure? I'm like,
0: ah, can we not be doing that?
1: I was just thinking he just looks like the way he's dressed and everything. Like, I don't know, like some 70s version of you're like you're wandering out through the cornfields and then you just come across this commune slash cult. Yeah. And, and they all look like that.
0: Well, we just finished watching Under the Banner of Heaven, and I was like, is this one of their cult dolls?
1: It's on my brain, yeah. That was a really good series. Yeah, if you
0: guys want something to watch that's like, I wouldn't say it's spooky. It's definitely like, but like, thriller-esque. If you don't know, like, I didn't know what had happened. I was unfamiliar with this story, so I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Who this? Who's there? Like, it was... It was so well done. Andrew Garfield, a plus, plus, plus performance. Yeah, killed it. Crushed it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Really really, well done.
0: Really well done about, like, I don't want to give away too much, but, like, FDLS.
1: Yeah, it goes over fundamentalist, like, uh, LDS, you know, aka Mormon history. Yeah. While they're trying to solve this, you know, it's based on a true story. While they're trying to solve, you know, some murders. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's interesting to see the detective struggle with his faith as he learns the true origins of his faith.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then beyond that, just like the casting was so well done. And for me, the sign of a show that is completely immersive is when every detail of the show is so spot on from the characters to the houses, to the costuming, the lighting, When, when none of that distracts me in any way. And I can just fully absorb what's happening in the story, then I know if I went back and watched it again, that I would notice so many interesting details yeah. about the costuming, about the sets. about. And so like yesterday, I was even thinking like, God, like there's this one scene of- about chocolate. Yeah. And um, I was just thinking about like that prop was so perfectly done. Like, I don't know, there were so yeah. many pieces of that story that were just executed so well, like oh, just a well, well done production. Mm-hmm. It was so good. It was. Oh, it's upsetting on a lot of levels, but...
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really good.
0: Well, Dan, are you ready for my side? I am, I am. Um, no. I, got, I got Red Layla. Oh, Red Layla. What happened to Blue Layla?
1: I'm taking a break.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's Back fine. Back in the Layla bin. Okay. I still have my clown nose, you guys, from the other night, from it our fell live off, show. fell off
1: during the, yeah, the ah,
0: No, I, <laughs> I think I had to take it off because what is...
1: You had a hard time seeing over it.
0: Yeah, because it was blocking. Even now, it like between the microphone and the nose. It, yeah, everything's all blurry. It blocks my vision. Because you look <laughs> down, right? Sure. You look, sure. You look down your nose at the pages. It's uh-huh. pretty funny. All right, are you settled in? I am. All right, let's go. Hey, Dan. Hey, Lindsay. I'm somewhere in the middle of a creeper and a peeper. I consider myself a slinker. When <laughs> a <it> comes, slinker. <laughs> when it comes to scary stories peeking through my fingers and then watching again and again until I'm unfazed by the scares. So technically, that is what a creeper is. Yeah. Uh, But I still like to slinker. My story is something along the lines of a continuous haunting that I only just realized now was a haunting. I'm not sure what exactly it was, only that it has been gone for about two years now. It all started when I was 14 years old, the earliest interaction that I can remember with it. I had just lost someone really important to me, a big brother type. His name was Rye. I think the trauma of losing him is what made the big black shadow latch onto me. For the next few years, it would give me the most vivid dreams of chasing the person I had lost. Chasing with only a few seconds of interaction that I would internalize and cling to with all my heart and mind. It felt like the only thing keeping me sane at this time was seeing Rye in my dreams and having just a few moments to talk to him. It always ended with one simple question. Why did you do it? I never got the answer. I always woke up too soon. And that was when I started feeling a presence, something standing in the corner of my room of the house we had just moved into, just next to the door of my bedroom. It didn't feel malicious at first. It didn't feel like it wanted to hurt me. And I hadn't been sure of what to think of it at first. But it slowly faded into the background of my life from ages 14 to 17, not bothering me, and I did not bother it. We coexisted, and that was enough. But then I started getting into witchcraft and green magic. Dan is rolling his eyes right now. (laughs) I can feel it. And I started to notice something about the shadow. It felt like the same feeling that I would get in the woods when I forgot to put out my monthly offering to it, bitter and sour towards me, not actively wanting to harm me, but realizing that I could get rid of it if I figured out the right things to do. It started acting out, kind of like a kid who who isn't getting what he wants. It started with the nightmares. I got more nightmares than usual in the year between my 17th and 18th birthday. I would wake up in a cold sweat, feeling like something was in my throat. Or I would wake up screaming so loud that it would wake up my parents. And I never told them why I woke up screaming because I knew that my God fearing parents would never understand. After my 18th birthday, my best friend and I took time to visit a local psychic, Lisa. My friend and I had been eyeing her place for a while, curious, and one day we went in. Lisa was very nice to us, but also had a very off the wall personality. Despite the fact that she caused my downfall, I'm not going to elaborate on everything she told me because that would be too much of my private life going into a very public podcast. But I will say this. To this day, I don't think that she was an honest psychic. Do I think she had talent? Yes. Do I think that she used her talent to help people? No. I think she uses her talent to keep people coming back to her for more answers for the problems that she gives them. When I got home that night, my shadow problem had only gotten worse. Lisa told me that there was a spirit following me that I knew and that I knew, but she told me it was malevolent and it wanted to cause me harm. She gave me a set of stones and she told me that they would trap the spirit and then I could get rid of it per her instructions. I did what she said, but that was a mistake. Now let me paint this picture for you. I was 18 and very messed up. I was always tired, working two jobs, and scared. I was willing to take any advice to get rid of the bad energy. So when I got home that night, I showered and I set the stones up by my door, climbed into bed, and started the timer for my radio. One hour and 10 minutes. I closed my eyes and the next thing I know, everything was darker than it should have been. My radio was off and I couldn't move anything except for my eyes. And when I looked up, Darkness stared down back at me. It didn't really have eyes, but deep pits where eyes should have been, and a grin that still unsettles me. It grinned at me, and I could see teeth, teeth that were too human-like to belong to anything but a man. For a moment, I was scared that someone was in my room, and then the realization hit me. I had made things worse. The shadow reached out its hands, and they were claw-like. I tried to move. I needed to move. I couldn't scream. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't do anything that would get me away from the things that were standing over me. I remember the panic that went through my body and how my legs and hands were desperate to move, to scream. Anything would have worked so long as I had some control over what was happening, but I didn't. I I couldn't even close my eyes because then I wouldn't be able to see what he was doing to me. The next thing I knew, I was awake, the sun shining through my windows and the sound of birds chirping outside. I thought I had just had a dream of a shadow standing over me with its smile and clawed hands, but my neck felt sore, like I had slept wrong. I got up, and I checked and started to get ready for work. While I was brushing my hair, I noticed something weird in the mirror, something that wasn't there when I had gone to bed. Bruises. Perfect, pearl-shaped bruises across my throat, like a necklace, an ugly, painful necklace. I panicked because I had to go to work with bruises around my neck. After a ton of makeup, concealer, and a scarf, I managed to cover it all up. The only good thing was that it was gone. But still I wonder, what was it? Where did it come from? And why had it chosen to latch onto me? I hope it never comes back. It did stop bringing me dreams about Rye and nightmares about everything else. It stopped choking me in my sleep. And in the end, I think the stones did trap it. I threw those stones in a rushing river to keep the damn thing trapped in them, but I never really got over what it did to me and how it tried to hurt me. I think that if it had gotten the chance, it would have tried to kill me, but I got it first. Thanks, Michaela.
1: Thanks, Michaela. Mm -hmm. I don't I can't think uh, of another story where like spirits were trapped in like stones. You know, it, it reminds me of not like horror movies, but um I guess maybe like fantasy movies.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Where oh, there
1: would be yeah. like in crystals, like there would be like things trapped like like an old sorcerer, you know, yeah, type thing, yeah. trapped inside of a crystal or something. So I have heard of that concept before, but never to my memory right now in this moment in in, in like a ghost or shadowy entity type story.
0: Well, I suppose that when you... If you think about it from the angle that when you banish a spirit, when you exercise a spirit, it has to go somewhere, right? Yeah. So can you direct it into something? Like, uh, okay, okay. Like a haunted doll. There's a spirit trapped in a doll, theoretically, right? Mm -hmm. How did it get there? Was it always there? Did someone banish a spirit into it? Is that why the doll is locked up forever? So that, But to me, it's so hard because like... What is hard for me to accept about trapping a spirit yeah. is that spirits are in my mind floating. They're not tangible. You can't touch them. So when how, how can you trap? That's like a jar of air.
1: I know it is kind of like just magic where it's like, yeah. like yeah. in this if they if they exist in this other plane that is kind of mostly parallel to ours, mm-hmm. and you and, and then your some kind of basically magic, I guess, could like yeah. could work in this other plane it could i guess why not why couldn't it act on it like it's a like it's a real tangible thing um
0: it does make sense to me because as someone who it's like mm-hmm. a believer in crystals and uses them it's like well okay why do i carry certain crystals with me to trap bad energy or to ward off negative energy so it makes sense when you like start to when you pull back
1: some new agey logic to it yeah whoa 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 yeah but i mean well i mean all this stuff you know we're we're leaving the realm of anything that can be proven mm-hmm. which is the fun of it it's like mm-hmm. there are, are there's no rules so why not? I mean,
0: crystals are powerful.
1: That's what a lot of people believe.
0: I mean, they're in your watches, they're in your computers, they are important.
1: Yeah, they're yeah, good transmitters.
0: Uh-huh. So okay, so like taking a scientific like notion or whatever yeah. like something that we can prove a scientific fact that crystals can be used as conduits for energy, mm-hmm. then then Well you... for I
1: don't know like energy like frequencies and frequencies, things. Frequencies,
0: okay. Yeah. Well, Energy is a frequency. That's like when you say like, oh, this has a bad vibe. It doesn't feel good in here. They have weird energy. That's a frequency. Like we're all Mm. emitting energies. We're all like giving off vibes, right? Yeah, I don't know
1: the science behind all that, but yeah.
0: So then if you have like, if you're thinking about crystals, right? So trapper of energy, giver of energy, taker of energy.
1: And I wonder if they'll ever figure out if like gut instinct and vibes and like those kind of Mm -hmm. feelings. Mm -hmm. Can come from anything or, or come from anything other than just evolutionary kind of processes where it's like, yeah. you know, that's like where the skeptical part of my brain goes mm-hmm. is that we have these feelings about people that are – it's like leftovers. It's like, like the dogs when they go outside and they um, – <laughs> have an instinct to like throw grass over their poo yeah. but usually end up throwing the grass 17 feet away because they're little fluffy house things now. Yeah. And, and it's like this- Not ol- killer wolves. Yeah. It's like this old instinct that they don't even know what they're doing probably. It's okay. just like a leftover. Yeah. And I wonder if some of our stuff is just leftover from when like you needed to read people in different ways when you're out living in the woods with no real shelter okay. and stuff. And you know, you have to perceive threats in a different way than you do now. Or like before we had society, before there was any civilization, somebody could just bash you over the head. I mean, they can now, but there was no police back then. Right. Now
0: there's actual consequences. Yeah, somebody's gonna catch it mm -hmm. on a video.
1: They would eat people would eat each other more back (sighs) then. So there was like different motivation and stuff. Yeah. So part of me is like, is that where it comes from? Or other hopeful part of me is. Are there things we truly don't understand that science can't figure out how to measure yet, mm-hmm. where we are sending each other these little subliminal or these little like frequencies or whatever signals, mm-hmm. things that you can't see mm-hmm. that we are emitting and receiving. And it we we do get feelings from some people. And maybe some of us who are more in touch with our feelings than others can read, you know, people who are hiding something scary can actually yeah. like maybe they can't hide whatever they're emitting. And somebody else can pick it up, somebody empathic. I don't know. It's all fascinating.
0: It is fascinating
1: also i like the concept of the psychic potentially making things worse for somebody
0: it's like a bad therapist right
1: to get more business exactly
0: yes immediately when i read that i was like you know what that does really bother me because i think that there are so many people that are energy healers energy workers that you know it's already difficult to work in that space because there are people who are like okay woo woo psycho like you know already giving you shit right off the rip totally dan yeah and so you know if you are, if you have this skill set, and you're already trying to prove yourself, somebody like this is just making it so much harder for everyone else. It's like, why would you do that?
1: I mean, if that if that if that's a real thing, that person's like an actual dark wizard. They can just like oh, put mm. bad juju into your life, like some kind of voodoo.
0: Well, I don't necessarily priest think, or priestess. I, I think it's more like they are telepathic. They can like read. their fortune tellers. They can kind of like see into the future. They can predict things, but they're gonna like drag it out. They're going to just give you like a little piece and then you're going to go home and you're going to marinate on it and then it's going to create strife in your life because whatever and then you have to go back. You're like, okay, well I didn't meet the guy. I met this guy and she's like, oh no, 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 that's not the guy.
1: Isn't telepathic you can read your mind? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Making sure.
0: Well, like yes, but like anybody's mind. Mm -hmm. So in my, to me that means like, you know, could like read the mind of someone who you've yet to meet. who, Who you're destined to meet.
1: Hmm, all kinds of psychic abilities. Dun, 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 dun. Okay,
0: you ready for another one? Yeah. This is a pretty good one. Just this opening line makes me happy. Dear Queen of Quartz and Mushmouth Messiah. <laughs> Mushmouth Messiah. It's a, it's a <laughs> new triple M. Okay. I've never actually told anyone this. I am only now sharing after hearing stories where people said that they hoped that their story would let others know they aren't alone. When I was in first grade and for, the, and for a few years, I can remember around that time, my family moved around. A lot. I don't know if it was a money thing, but I recall at least four places in one year. And I don't recall much about the house we were finally in for an extended period of time other than how it looked from the outside, it was just one story, and the details of my bedroom. As a kid, I was simultaneously always getting in trouble and also never wanting to bother anyone. Basically an asshole who didn't know it until someone was looking at me like, what the hell did you just say or do? I was getting shouted at for probably the 30th time that day for something I 100% deserved, possibly drawing on a wall or endlessly saying a new curse word I had just learned but didn't understand. I was sent to my room by my mom. Every slight against me was ratcheted up by 1,000% in my kid brain. Say no to McDonald's, I legitimately would think things like, why does my mom hate me so much? I was fuming in my room, much angrier, angrier than I had any right to be, when I heard my mom yell down the hall. Jason, Jason. In my head, I was like, I'll show her. She told me to go to my room. So now I'm going to ignore her and stay here. That was the plan until she pulled the one move no child can willfully ignore. She called me by my full name. Naturally, I went running as if hell would rise if I didn't. When I got there, my mom looked at me both confused and angry, which I expected having ignored her calls for quite a while. She glared at me and asked, Why are you out of your room? That's another 30 minutes on your punishment. Knowing that arguing would only add more time, I huffed my way back to my room. About 15 minutes later, it happened again. This time, I fully ignored her. This time, she was actually calling me, though. And you guessed it, she extended my sentence for poor behavior. This happened nearly every time I would be put in timeout from then on. A few weeks into this, just willfully hearing what you want, as my mom would say, it was late enough to be dark out, and I was finishing up another sentence when I heard my name being called. This one wasn't my mom, or even female for that matter. This was made worse by the fact that only her and I were home at the time. Still worse, the voice was coming from my open closet. Relax, Jason. A voice said from inside my closet. It sounded like an older man. It wasn't whispery or fading. It was clear, as if the man in my closet were no more than 10 feet away. Don't be afraid. A cute kid like you shouldn't be afraid. After hearing this, I started to scream extremely loud until I was woken by my mom shaking me in the early morning. I was simultaneously terrified and relieved that it was just a dream, which is what I told her. Sorry, mom, just a nightmare. A few nights later, my mom was at the next-door neighbor's leaving me home alone. This isn't as bad as it may sound because she could hear me if I shouted and I had a walkie-talkie if I needed anything from her. That night, I heard it calling my name again. After the third time, I considered trying to call my mom, but as a kid, I would go out of my way to not cause stress to others when I recognized I might. All alone? Cute kids shouldn't be all alone. After hearing that from my closet, the whole room got darker. I couldn't move and I couldn't scream. And then I saw him. A face came from the closet, and the only way I can think to describe it is as if William Defoe was dead for a few weeks, and his jaw dropped as if he had dislocated it. All I could see was his face in the darkness. As he got closer, he just kept saying my name over and over. Jason. Jason. I can't remember anything past that. I woke up the next day, happy it was just a dream, I guess, until I realized I had pains in my legs. Rolling up my pajamas, I saw bruises up and down the lengths of my legs that weren't there the day before. Eventually, my mom did take me to a psychiatrist because she acknowledged that I was hearing things. Since that, since that was all I had told her and the doctor, he somehow decided that I likely had ADHD. I had never been so happy. He started me on meds and I thought, finally, I take these and it's all over. But not even a week later, he came back. He came twice a week for a year until we moved out to our most permanent residence. Every time he showed up, it got worse. More scary. Him getting closer. Him saying things like, Meds are for crazies. You aren't crazy. And more tear. More bruises. All from the man in the closet. Or was it all in my head? To this day, I hope I was imagining all of it. Am I crazy? It may not be healthy, but sometimes I think it's okay to repress these kinds of memories. Creeper fan, Jason. Thanks, Jason. Like a, it's such a like <sighs> common question. Like, mm-hmm. was it all in my head? Did I dream it all? Did I imagine it? But then how about the bruises on my legs?
1: Right, right. Yeah, like, or, or was I giving myself those bruises? Mm-hmm. Mem- memory memory mm-hmm. is such a funny thing. It's like... It's more fragile than a lot of people, I think, accept. Like, yeah. Y- you can actually, you know, create. Well, there's a whole thing like false, false, memories. false memory syndrome. Yeah. You can truly create memories and other people with leading questions and kind of painting a picture for them that they then adopt in their own mind. And if mm-hmm. you do that enough and powerfully enough, they will go the rest of their lives thinking that was something that actually happened to them. Like a hypnotic suggestion mm-hmm. is, is a way that people uh, are given memories. You know, unfortunately, a lot of like uh, alien abduction stories. Yeah probably have nothing to do with alien abduction and everything to do with hypnotic suggestion and Mm -hmm. somebody just planting false memories into their brain while their brain is especially susceptible to like memory formation. Okay. And they will feel to you just as real as if it actually happened.
0: But can you do that to yourself? Because this wasn't the suggestion of someone else.
1: Well, I mean, I think you can. I mean, I don't have like, I think you can convince yourself yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's like, a I think of that George Costanza from Seinfeld that it's not a lie if you believe it. Yeah. You know, and, and like, but some people like do tell themselves a certain lie so uh, convincingly and for so long and so often that at least it feels like, I don't know that I've ever done that, but with other people, like maybe I haven't. I mean, I guess I wouldn't be aware of it.
0: Right, right. I, I would
1: just think that that was my truth. Yeah. But maybe it's not. But like of other people, I've definitely seen that where I'm like, no, that never happened. I mean, we've talked about various people we've know. Uh, yeah. I, I don't say if it's friend or family. I don't want to like limit it or make people feel uncomfortable if they happen to listen. But you know, like there's people in our periphery where like, you've talked to me about people you've known for a long time. You're like, they think X happened Yeah. or that's what they say. And that definitely didn't happen because I was there. Right. It's like, so is it a thing like that? I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. No one will ever know in a lot of these cases, which yeah. kind of mess with your brain in a different way. It's like, did I have just some kind of episode? Did I just convince? My, am I repressing something, mm-hmm. or did this face, this William Defoe, but uh, decomposing with the jaw? That
0: was such a good descriptive,
1: mm-hmm. very clear visual. Was there something in my closet actually tormenting me?
0: Yeah, yeah. Description. Reminds me of the
1: Boogeyman that movie I've been uh, still need to finish watching. Oh yeah, uh, it's just like so many classic scenes of like the closet door starts to open on its own, and a voice in there like you know calling out to you, just <sighs> as a kid. That's oh, like, ah, uh, classic nightmare.
0: At nearly 40 years old, every night I'm like, can you please close the closet door? True. It's so silly. I know what's in there. Yep. Not a demon.
1: That is one of those tropes that would be, I mean, that would freak the hell out of me. Like just as much today as it would have when I was 12. I can just picture you and I were laying in bed oh, and God. all of a sudden, ah. closet door clearly opens on its own. You can kind of see a face in the darkness in there. Yep. Lindsay, Dan, ah, and then oh, something man. coming out. It's terrifying.
0: I know what, okay. Also what I felt like this thing was as well was possibly a mimic because hmm. early on in the story, he's talking about his mom calling for him and mm-hmm. then him going downstairs. Like the voice was definitely female because he definitely yeah. thought it was his mom. And then he goes downstairs and his mom is like, what are you doing down here? And so much so that when his mom would actually call for him, he wouldn't go because he thought it was the voice. Yeah, so then yeah. it goes from that voice to a male voice.
1: Maybe it's real voice. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the voice beneath the mimic.
0: I don't know. ah, poor kid. Mm-hmm. A year of that?
1: Yeah, it's terrible. It's
0: terrible. All right, unamas? Yeah. All right, do it. Hello, Dan, Lindsay, and all my whore lovers from mm-hmm. other mothers. Huh? I'm a longtime listener, first-time writer. It's taken several years to find the words to describe the events that transpired at my previous home, but I think I'm ready. The rent was not cheap. In fact, it was rather overpriced considering the condition of the old and dilapidated craftsman home. The previous renter was a single mom who was never around and she had three teenagers that liked to party. Mm -hmm. The third floor looked straight up haunted with dingy walls that clearly hadn't been repainted in decades and a general air of neglect throughout the home, complete with a Buffalo Bill type basement with moldy stone walls and dirt floors but it was immediately available and most importantly had a fenced-in yard that would be perfect for our dog and our son, who was about three at the time of the incident. My husband had worked several years as a police officer in Baltimore County and we were elated when the police in our hometown offered him uh, accepted his transfer. He had moved up several weeks ahead to, of me to begin the training academy while I stayed behind to sell our house and get our affo- affairs in order. After six weeks of working full-time, packing, job hunting, and taking care of our son alone, I was desperate for a normal routine. We negotiated a reduction in rent in exchange for us repainting the second floor ourselves. They say changing a home can bring about a haunting, but in retrospect, I wonder if our lovely, if our lonely ghost enjoyed a family that made efforts to restore the property to its former glory. You see, our first six months in the rental were uneventful. Sure, my son's toys often went off by themselves, and the broom fell off the wall in the kitchen around the same time most nights, but such things are easily debunked and, frankly, not that scary. It was only after our landlord informed us that he would be selling the home to his niece that things began to escalate, primarily on the second floor. The upstairs had an odd setup with two large bedrooms. Each bedroom had a door leading to a much smaller bedroom, and the smaller bedrooms had a second door leading to the hall. Each of the large bedrooms had a gas fireplace, so I assumed the door between the rooms allowed heat from the fireplace to flow into the secondary bedroom. My husband and I used the largest bedroom with the connecting bedroom as an exercise room, and then we used the second large bedroom as a toy room with the connecting bedroom as a nursery for our son. The first incident happened around midnight, when I was sleeping alone while my husband wrapped up the aftermath of a domestic. Our baby monitor had bit the dust several weeks prior, and I'd become accustomed to sleeping with my door wide open so I could hear my son if he woke up. The door slammed shut with such force that it sounded like a gunshot in the night. This was a hundred-year-old solid wood door, and since my husband is always worried about people he arrests finding us later, we always sleep with the windows shut and locked. This definitely could not be explained by drafts or uneven floors. I checked on my son and I checked every room in the house, and finding no one, told myself that my life was already too fucking weird to consider the possibility of a paranormal explanation. I calmed down our dog, who was now snarling at the door, and went back to bed as only the sleep deprived moms of littles can do. I'm typically alone most nights, and I'd like to believe I don't scare very easily. A few weeks later, my son and I returned from a playdate to find the curtains in our bathroom on the floor. The hardware was intact such that you would have had to lift the rod and pull it forward to take the curtains down. Shortly after, my husband left for his shift for the following weekend, and I went upstairs to collect laundry from our room while my son was napping. When I returned downstairs several minutes later, every single drawer in both of our dressers was wide open. This was starting to get uncomfortable. As if I hadn't already noticed its presence, the entity upstairs then turned to my son. My son had always been a ball of energy, a little chatterbox. Back then, he responded to every parental request by running away while laughing hysterically. (laughs) People often described him as busy, with a pause before saying the word, possibly because they were trying to find a nicer word than crazy or maniac. The weekend of the incident, my husband left for work and I settled our son down for his afternoon nap. I then busied myself downstairs trying to do as much housework as I could finish before he woke up. An hour later, he woke up screaming and crying hysterically. He was inconsolable. I've never seen him like that before nor since. Finding no evidence of injury or illness, I asked him if he was hurt. Hysterically crying, I asked him if something had scared him. The scary man, he said, he's in there. My son pointed to the open door into the toy room, the same room where toys had gone off randomly since we had moved in. My stomach turned to ice. I rushed into the room and naturally no one was there. I scooped him up and checked every room in the house. Nothing. I grabbed the diaper bag and we headed to my parents' house. I arrived with everything my son could possibly want to entertain him. All of his cousins, a blow-up pool with a slide, cupcakes, lemonade, the (laughs) works, He sat wordlessly on my lap and clung to me for the entire visit. My parents are skeptics, but everyone agreed that something had scared the hell out of him. Luckily, we were under contract to buy a house and a good old GTFO was right on the horizon. I considered mentioning the incident to my landlord or even the buyer, but who would believe that the jilted renter? Nevertheless, this thing had messed with my child and I wanted answers." Over the next several days, I used my spare time conducting searches on the internet and eventually I found it. An obituary for an old widower who had died in the care of his son and his family, expressions of sympathy to be sent to, you guessed it, my address. He was survived by the son who cared for him and several grandchildren. And I have to say, if I was caring for a sick parent, I would have placed him in the second largest bedroom with a fireplace to keep him warm, my kid's toy room. Since the family that was moving in also had a small child, I made a very amateurish attempt to remove the spirit. After my son went to bed, I opened all the windows and lit a candle. I addressed the ghost respectfully. Hello, Mr. So-and-so. I understand you were staying here while you were sick. Your son and his family must have loved you very much. Well, unfortunately, you died, and that was about 80 years ago. You might be looking for your family, but your son, his wife, and possibly your grandchildren are in heaven waiting for you. So if you see a light or a door, you should go towards it. You're scaring my son, so you can't stay here. I blew out the candle, feeling slightly ridiculous, but the days leading up to our move were uneventful. I've never felt comfortable telling the story to the buyers when we visit their house to trick-or-treat on Halloween, but I noticed that they have continued improving the house. And since we left, my son continues to sleep with the light on. (laughs) Best regards, Anonymous.
1: Thanks, Anonymous. Uh, So two things... One thing on that one, before I say what the spookiest part of that story was to me, I'm having a hard time picturing this floor plan I know, of big bedroom, little bedroom, like bedroom pairs.
0: I know. But, okay, I was thinking, like, and I was thinking— Craftsman think- home, yeah. Okay, yeah, so I was thinking about, you know, sometimes craftsmen have those roofs that are sort of like, like this, and then it has, like, a—it's not to oh, a peak. Uh, it's sort of like mm. this, like—
1: well, there is a peak above it, but there's like a little floor there. Like a yes, flat yes, part. So uh-huh. what I was
0: imagining was, okay, that's the upstairs. So there's probably one hallway that you walk down. There's probably a yeah. bedroom on each each side and thinking about the shape of the roof like this. Yeah. And so then I was like, oh, okay. So you probably, from the hallway, you probably walk into one bedroom and then it connects to a smaller bedroom. But then that bedroom connects back to the hallway. So almost like a semicircle.
1: Yeah. Which makes me picture like, um okay, like suites in a hotel. Where it's like you know, each of them have their own doors to go out to the hotel hallway. Yeah, but then there are adjo- adjoining rooms. Oh yeah, That's yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying yeah, to think of yeah. adjoining rooms where there's yeah. like the, a shared door. Uh-huh. But I, but maybe this is weirder. Where it might be is like, or is this a thing where it's like you have to walk through the big bedroom if you're in the little bedroom to get out to the hall? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Well, they
0: say that the uh,
1: it doesn't really matter. No, yeah, it's just interesting.
0: Well, because she say that she does say that it was like. Uh, that did connect to the hallway. So I think oh, okay. so they each have, bedroom each bedroom has their own each entrance. bedroom had a door leading to a smaller bedroom, and the smaller bedroom had a a second door leading to the hall. So, oh, okay. So they yeah, both so lead, they that, both yeah. have like a hall door, but then they're both interconnected. Got it. So, yeah, like, so, so they, like
1: suites, adjoining suites.
0: Yeah. That's a very good explanation.
1: Um and then the scar- weird Yeah, weird. Yeah. And then the uh the scariest part was randomly such a good description of the curtain in the bathroom window, I believe it was yes. bathroom window, but having that on the floor and the understanding that, but not torn. Right. So like with the rings and stuff, the only way you take that off is I've, you yeah, know, we've done that a hundred times. Yeah. To lift the little rod up off the hooks, uh-huh. then slide it all the way to one side to get all the rings off the rod, then put the rod back there. It's yeah. very deliberate.
0: Very deliberate.
1: So either- and it's just her, I mean, obviously their their little one couldn't have done that, much no. too small. So it's either it's not her, so is it the husband? And you would think that he would say that, like why would he like, want hey, to
0: hey? I I uh spilled a cup of coffee in the bathroom, it splattered all over, I took the curtains down. Some yeah, that doesn't, doesn't make washed. any sense.
1: It's like it's like what you know, he would do that, I guess what, to mess with her, which there's no mention of. Yeah. So I doubt that. Then it's either a ghost or, or someone intruder. or an intruder. Someone has come in your house. But also, why would an intruder go. Take all the of that. curtain off and put the rod back on. That makes no sense.
0: I know, it was pretty funny to think about like an intruder thing. Like, you know what? I'm going to break through, break into this house through a bathroom window. And I'm going to, when I get in there, I'm just going to take the curtain down so I don't have to deal with it on my way
1: out. Yeah. So intruder doesn't make Stupid. sense. Husband doesn't make sense. Weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that like she kept digging until she like figured it out. And then essentially try to get the spirit out. And if the family that's living there now has stayed there for quite yeah. some time and continues to like expand and build on the house, my guess is that either they're not intuitive towards spirits or the spirit left.
1: Right, because construction, yeah, usually. Yeah,
0: well, yeah you wouldn't like, can, you, well, and also I don't think that you would continue to improve upon a house that you felt threatened and unsafe in because of yeah. a ghost. You'd be figuring out how to get out of there. Mm-hmm. I, I would hope.
1: Good stories. Yeah, I thought
0: they were fun. Do you want to do some Spoopy Shoutouts?
1: Yeah, do you want me to? Do, well, you're going to do Spoopy Shoutouts. Do you want me to do Annabelle's?
0: Annabelle's. That's what I meant, Ann. I, <laughs> I know words.
1: <laughs> I would like to thank the following Annabelle's for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you so much to Courtney Knight, Zach Barkley, Maddie Ward, Jade Nicole, Stephen T. Marquez Jr., Christina Gray, Adam Fugate, Brandy Kilgore. We had some Kilgores around growing up, uh, Anita Solis, and Melissa Yemenes.
0: Jimenez, oh. I was trying to think about how I would say that last name.
1: Hmm.
0: I was going to say Jimenez.
1: Jimenez.
0: Jimmy Nez.
1: Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimenez.
0: Jiminy Crickets. I'd like to thank the following Annabelle's for their continued support on Patreon that lets us do so many amazing things. Ash J, Amanda, Ashley Taylor, Liz Wellman, Truth Seeking, Jess Morton, Christine Erickson, Karina Benab, Benabe. Natalie Schern, and Silver Bullet 23.
1: Silver Bullet 23. Birth name.
0: Definitely. And then I have some spoops. Okay. Okay. To Brianna from Brianna. Happy birthday to myself. Those those might be my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To Katie from your mama. Happy birthday. You're beautiful inside and out. So proud of the mom you are. Cute. To Edgar from Poe spoopiest of spoopy birthdays, here's to the greatest year to come. You deserve the best, you wild, wonderful hillbilly weirdo. Ha <laughs> ha! To Abigail oh, from your- fun. Uh-huh. To Abigail from your mom, Amanda, to my little creeper, I love you so much, to Ricardo, a.k.a. Christopher from Swizzle, happy birthday, enjoy your last years of your 20s, and to Taylor from Hannah, thank you for the best two years of my life, happy anniversary, I love you always and forever.
1: Oh, I love it. So sweet. That's our show. That's Th- it. Thanks for continuing to send in your personal tales of terror to my story at mystoryatscaretodeathpodcast.com for the possibility of hearing them on the show. You can email us for everything else at infoatscaretodeathpodcast.com.
0: Go ahead, email this chick.
1: <laughs> uh, email that broad. Uh, thanks to the Bad Magic team for helping record today's episode for both audio podcast and YouTube video consumption. Consume it. Logan Keith doing it today. Uh, thanks to producer Sophie Evans for finding the first story I told this week and Sarah Finch finding the second. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram if you want pics that accompany episodes and more at Scared to Death Podcast. Same handle for TikTok. Enjoy your nightmares, creeps and peepers. Happy Halloween Happy and Halloween. I hope you were scared to death. Bye. If spirits threaten me in this place, fight water by water and fire by fire, banish their souls into nothingness and remove their powers until the last trace. Let these evil beings flee. Through time and space. He only passed through but has no home here with them scared to death At Magic Productions. Real human man likes doing human things, like consuming flesh of animals, breathing oxygen and walking on leg.